Welcome all of those who are logged on online with us, live on Facebook, through our website. The first campus we've ever planted. I'm very thankful to those. Hey, listen, our vision here at New Hope Fellowship is very simple, yet was very difficult to discover because it's not our vision. It's something that we sought God and, and tried to listen to the voice of the Lord on. It is the one thing um, outside of my wife that I am married to. I mean, I will tinker and fiddle and mess with all kinds of things and systems and structures. And If it don't work, we'll fix it. But this is the one area where we are, we are stuck. Our vision that we believe God gave for, uh, to us here at New Hope Fellowship is to meet people and to grow closer to God together. That is our heart. That's our desire. It sounds so simple, but it's measurable. It sounds so simple, but if we're not doing it, then we're missing out on God's plan for this church in this community to meet people and grow closer to God together. And just so that you know, I practice what I preach. I met three people in Walmart yesterday because I'm that awkward. And I would just introduce myself and then I would have a conversation. And twice I walked away from the conversation and I heard the voice of God go, really? You're not going to invite them to your church tomorrow? I was like, I know, I'm sorry. Oh, go back. <laughs> like, I'm chasing people with buggies. They're like, look at this guy do it. <laughs> And then I just introduced myself I, on the moment, and I said, hey, listen, I'm really sorry. I would just, man, I love my church so much and the people that are there that I would be amiss if I didn't invite you to come and, and be a part at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Is church the only way that we grow closer to God together? No, but it's one way. Is Sunday morning service the only way that we grow closer to God together? No, but it's one way. That's why right after service today, if you're interested in discovering or connecting to us and you want to know who we are and what we believe and how we operate, step one of next steps right after the second service at one o'clock today, we'll have lunch and child care provided. If you are not currently serving in a ministry, can I just confess something that if you guys will just keep a secret, okay? Just try not to, this one I kind of want to keep in house, if you will, okay? Um, membership of this church is... Y'all don't tell the board, okay? Just, it's kind of a secondary thing for me. Like, sorry. It, if you become a member, awesome. Like, great. I get to hold you to a higher accountability. <laughs> but man, we just want you to come. We, we want you to come and be a part. We want you to connect with this church through next steps. We want you to discover your purpose in next steps. And then we want you to serve in a ministry and get plugged in. Our objective, our primary objective is to help you discover your purpose and get plugged in into a ministry in this church. And if you decide through that to become a member of this place, then great. If you don't and you just serve here for the next 27 years, then people are going to come up to you in the kingdom of God and say, I'm here because you took the time to set out those cones in the parking lot. I'm here because you took the time to cook that meal and bring it to my house. I'm here because you took the time to go to the emergency emergency room when pastor was busy with his wife and his three kids and pray over my brother who was sick. I'm here today and so is he because you were willing to get plugged into a church, discover your purpose and begin to serve. We want people to show and tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. If we miss the mark in every other area, which sometimes we like 
mess up our microphones. Like, we just, those things happen. But at the end of the day, you're going to know that we love Jesus, that he loves you, and that we love you. That is our heart, and that is our purpose. We want to show and tell. Pastor John, no, no doubt, undoubtedly, he loves music, and he's very good at it. And it started at an early age, an early age when he went to elementary school, and, and he took his violin to what many of you know as show and tell. And he took his violin into show and tell, and he played his violin for his class. And his, his, his desire was so evident, and his love and passion for that was so evident that it inspired another individual. And that individual got his mom to buy him a violin, and he was going to go to the orchestra class with, with Pastor John, who was just John at the time. And so he, he went to the class, and, and what he realized when he went to the class is that the orchestra class that Pastor John was very interested in was at the same time as the physical ex education class that Pastor John was not so much interested in at that time. And, and his friend was really, really mad that he didn't like give him a heads up uh, that he was going to have to miss the physical education class. So I don't know if that guy uh, learned how to play the violin today or if he's just really out of shape, but he did at least follow the example of Pastor John. We, we want you to show the gospel that's molding your life. We want you to share your stories because people aren't going to come to this church because of our stories. They're going to come to this church because of your stories. If you have a story of show and tell that we could just share and maybe use it as an example throughout this series, you can email it in to New Hope Fellowship, or you can message us on Facebook if you're willing to let us share. I like funny stories, especially that have bad endings. It's just the way. We don't remember the Disney movies that have the great endings. We remember the show that ended and we're like, yeah, that's what you remember. <laughs> that's not how that was supposed to happen. Listen, Jesus has a story. Jesus has a story, but here's the deal. Jesus' story is subject to us sharing it. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel or, or share the good news. Like, tell people your story of how I impacted your life. And tell that to everybody that you see. Verse 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. For just a little while today, I want to talk to you about knowing Jesus. In talking about knowing Jesus, I can't help but talking about loving Jesus. And what we need to understand as a church is that loving Jesus means that we love what he loves. And we do what he does. I'll give you an example. I almost used my niece, baby Camry, to share. Like, I love baby Camry. But, but that wouldn't have really been fair because she has my blood and and uh, my sister, she's really pretty and sweet, but man, she's got a little bit of like this Ray genetic inside of her. And if you don't take care of that baby, like it's just not worth it, man. Like just, just minister to that moment and take care. But I can honestly say that I love Pastor John and Tanya's baby. 
baby Taya. I just love that little fluffy head. <laughs> Them big old cheeks, man. And she just, ah. And sometimes I'll be talking and Megan's like, she's looking at you and I'll look and she'll look away. I'm like, wow, what is, I missed it. But I love baby Taya. I, I really do. Like, I love that child. And, and there have been times when, when Pastor John or Tanya have, have let us watch over baby Taya. Like, they, they subjected her well-being to us. <laughs> I don't know. I know, right? My wife was there. It's okay. So <laughs> they left her with us. And, and we have our children, and we're there, and, and we're paying attention to our children. But we're not neglecting her. In fact, if, if she's around a bunch of children that we happen to have at that time, and all those children have something that she doesn't have, I can tell you that I love her because I'm going to make sure that baby Taya has the same thing that all the rest of those babies have. If everybody else has it, and I say that I love her, then I'm going to make sure that she has it too. Are you with me? People are heaven's treasure. The people that God has placed around you need to know what you know. They need to have what you have. The Father has committed them to us just like someone may commit their child to you for a moment. And you would take care of that child just as if they were your own. Well, listen, those that don't know Jesus, Jesus gave them to us and said, they're yours to minister to. They're yours to witness to. They're yours to be an example for. They should have the same things that everybody else has. And it's your job to make sure that they do. We as a church need to commit to sharing and showing the gospel. To proclaiming the good news. I told you last week, I committed. My objective for the next year and hopefully for the rest of my life is just to find one person a week. Just one person a week. Not the same person every week. I don't want to neglect those people. I want to continue with them. But just one person a week to share the gospel with. If you took those numbers and began to just imagine the impact of those numbers, if 10 people, if 10 people in this church right now would decide, you know what, I'm just going to minister to one person a week. I'm going invite, to invite them to church I'm going to maybe share the gospel with them, pray with them about something. I'm going to find an opportunity that God presents to me, and I'm going to make the most of it. If just 10 people in this church led one person to Jesus, one person a week for the next year, 520 people would receive salvation and become part of this body. 520 if just 10, and then no, you can only imagine the impact of revelation because of their newfound salvation that those 520 would have on the rest. Mother Teresa said it this way. She said, if you can't reach the whole world, you can't help the whole world. Just help one person and start with the one nearest you. Well, Jesus called us to preach the gospel to the whole world. But what if we just preach the gospel to our whole world? To the whole world that God has already placed us in. With the people that he has already given us influence with that are significant in our lives. We need to love people. John chapter 15 verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I 
have loved you. Abide in my love. As a church, it should be our desire, step one of next steps, to connect with people more than we desire to correct those people. Our connection is more valuable to them than our correction for them. We need to spend a lot more time connecting with people than we do correcting them. We need to show Jesus, and that will help others know Jesus. But you can't expect somebody else to know what you do not show. Listen, we did that yesterday. And I'm, I'm getting ready for that. We, yesterday, we, we had that big health fair moment, and we had all these numbers that I'll share with you in this video I'm going to show in just a minute. But we had that moment where we were able to show Jesus to some people that may or may not have ever come to this church, to some people that may have that, that Pentecost or spirit-filled or charismatic church may have left a bad flavor in. Yesterday, we showed that there's more to that than just a Sunday morning emotional expression. It's about serving your community and showing them the love of God. Listen, I would be amiss if I didn't take this opportunity to honor the person who coordinated this and put this whole thing to together, and she's going to hate me for this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Miss Debbie, come here. I love you, and I want everybody to see you. Come on. Come on. A hundred-plus volunteers yesterday orchestrated and put together. Anybody can have a vision, but it takes special people to make a vision come to pass. And we just want, come on, honor her like it wouldn't have happened without her because it wouldn't have. And Connie has a gift for you. She made the, look, and Connie put this whole thing together. It was just our idea. She did this part. We want to show you guys can be seated so you, so you can see it just says that you impacted eternity because of you. Eternities were impacted yesterday, and we wanted to present you with these flowers. And hang on, hang on. Listen, every great captain has a great first mate, and I just led her right into this moment. Connie Stagg lived and breathed this health fair for the last several months, and it's because of her partnership with Miss Debbie that this whole thing took place. Ladies, come on one more time. Would you give these two ladies a huge praise for all their effort and energy? Y'all can be seated. Hey, sit back and watch this video as they find their seats and we celebrate this whole day.
cannot thank you guys enough, all the people that showed up yesterday, a hundred plus people to volunteer, set up, tear down from Friday night to almost three o'clock Saturday afternoon. There's some incredible numbers that I want to share with you, but one of the most important numbers to me was that we had a hundred plus people come out of this church to serve our community and... Maybe it'll do better in next service. We had 100 plus people that showed up yesterday to serve this community and make a huge impact on everybody around them. Listen, 426 people came through this place yesterday. 303 backpacks were given out to babies and children and students that are going back to school 22 units of blood were donated, and that was not by me. That was by you. That is a huge thing. Here's the most important pieces of that entire puzzle. 155 people were prayed with yesterday by our sweet ladies that were ministering. 98 of those were children, and 57 of those were their adults and their parents, and eight people received salvation yesterday. Because when you serve, it gives an opportunity for somebody else to receive. We treat those Connect cards like gold. Man, those are like buried treasure. And yesterday, we had close to 100. Okay, on Sundays, like we mention Connect cards three or four times throughout the service. And, and on a Sunday, with 300 people circulating through here, we may get like three or four Connect cards because we're having service. But yesterday, because we didn't just have service, but we served, out of 426 people, 
We had 150 Connect cards turned in that our team is going to be able to follow up with. Some of our ladies are already taking the opportunity to try to follow up with and, and just make sure that they understand and you understand that if you're here today because of the health fair yesterday, then everything that we did yesterday was because of you. If you happen to be logged in live with us, if you ever show up, Eight salvations, 155 people. Jesus did not come to have service. Jesus came to serve. And when we show Jesus, it helps other people know Jesus. And 100 plus people in a church of 300 showed up yesterday. And you impacted eternity. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Paul said, I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Knowing Jesus is the foremost important thing that we should ever have available as an individual and as a church. To know Jesus and to make Him known. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life that they may know you. He's talking to the Father. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We need to show Jesus so that we can help them know Jesus. I'm about to give you a lot of scripture really quickly, but I want to drive this point home that if we don't help them, if we do not show Jesus, then we are not helping them know Jesus. But when we do help them know Jesus, it impacts their eternity. John chapter 14, verse 15. Just write them down. Don't try to, don't try to look them up. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Look what happens when you begin to know Jesus. When you begin to know Jesus, you don't have to worry about being good any longer. You don't have to wake up in the morning and wonder if you're going to do what you did yesterday. You wake up in the morning with the objective of knowing Jesus. And through knowing Jesus and discovering what you were created to do and who you are in Him, you will have new desires that begin to take place in your heart. The old things will pass away and all things will become new. You will begin to unintentionally keep His commandments just because you are intentionally getting to know Him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, it says, In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. That is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Acts chapter 4 says, There is no other name by which a man should be saved. There's no other name by which a mother or a bride would come into the house of God or stand on the street corner and meet a believer. There's no other name which a person in eternity would be impacted except for the name of Jesus. Some of you are familiar with this, but it's so easy to share because it tells the entire gospel in just a few scriptures. But Romans 3, chapter 10 says that there's no one righteous. And we stand in the presence of a holy God at the end of our days. We will not stand in our righteousness because there is no one righteous. No, not one. And then Paul gives us a definition of sin in Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, everybody has sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. 
We can't stand before God and say, I was able to. We stand before God and we only have this one thing to present. It's either a life that was in Christ that knew him and made him known, or it was a life that never knew him and was separated from him. And all have sinned and fall short of his glory. And that's all that sin is. It's not just murder. It's not just F-bombs. It's not just adultery. It's not just fornication. It's not just the, the terrible and the obvious. It's just the falling short of his glory. Lying, manipulating, revelry, self-seeking, pride, arrogance. All of those things fall short of his glory. And Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. But, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Listen, I love you, and I would give my life for you. Most of you, if I saw you about, not all of you, most of you, only most of you. No, if I saw you and something significant was about to happen to you, and my family wasn't around, and it was just you, and I was just there, I would, it, I hope, in the name of Jesus, I could say that I would really do everything that I could to protect you and possibly even offer my life in your place if that was available. I love you. But you can't have my boy. But God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. And that son came and lived the life that we could never have lived without him. And because of him, we have this gift of eternal life. Listen. I've heard this before. Then hear it again. Let it resaturate your soul today. Let it re-motivate your life's purpose today. That if we don't know Jesus and the people that we love do not know Jesus, they're going to die and spend eternity in a place that was not created for them. But if they can begin to know Jesus, they don't have to wait to heaven to experience His glory because His love was shown for us while we were still sinning and in Christ Jesus there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in him and I'm telling you today Romans 10 9 and 10 says whoever confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead then you shall be saved I don't know how to do that Chris okay Paul made it simple in verse 13 whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I don't know how to be saved. You can't be, but he can save you. You got to call upon his name. Why is this so important? Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. So in order to receive the kingdom of God, we've got to begin to know Jesus and, and accomplish the will of God for our lives. We've got to find our purpose and begin impacting eternities. Verse 22, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many wonders in your name? Hello, Judas. That's what he did. He cast out demons and he healed the sick and he even watched over the money box for the ministry for three years. Verse 23 says, But I will look at them and I will declare, I never 
knew you. He didn't say, you never did anything significant for my kingdom. He didn't say you never came to a church service. He didn't say you were never water baptized, which, which is the step that we believe takes place after salvation as a public confession. He didn't say that you were never baptized in the Holy Spirit with the physical evidence of speaking in a language that you've never learned, which we believe. We believe in. Why do we believe in it? Because it's in the Bible. And I just refuse to tear out any pages and leave a part of what God says is available to me out of my life and my bride and my babies. I just want everything that he has. But he never said that. That that is what I would hear on the last day. He said, depart from me I didn't get to know you. And a lot of times you hear pastors preach this passage and they, they say it with, you know, that hellfire brimstone, brow beaten, just bashing over the top of people's head. That Jesus will look unto you and he'll tell you plainly, depart. No, 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 no. Can you not hear the father's voice in this? He's going to look and he's going to say, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know you. And we're going to watch as the church. And we're going to know that we could have impacted that eternity. But because we didn't show them, they didn't know him. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What is the will of God? If only those who accomplish the will of God are able to inherit the kingdom of God. This is the will of God. John chapter 6, verse 40. This is the will of God. I'm about to give you the will of God for your life. Are you ready? I'm going to clear up the air for everybody right now. Because I had teenagers, young adults, even some senior saints. I just don't know what God's will is for me. Watch. Here it is. John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Listen, I'm not asking as Pastor John comes. I'm not asking you today if you know of him. I'm not asking if you've heard about him. I'm going to be very careful here because I understand that I'm in a culture that I wasn't raised in. And it's not my heart to offend you today. But I'm not, ever, I'm not asking if you've ever confessed your sins to another person. I'm not asking if, if your family or your parents or your pastor or the, the people that you're around, if you know them, if you know him through them, that's not what I'm asking you today. I'm, I'm asking that, do I know him? Am I, am I getting to know him? Am I in the process? Am I, am I on the path? To knowing him. And then let me ask you just for everybody in the room that just excused themselves from this part of the sermon. Who are you helping get to know him? Who is knowing him because of you? Who are you meeting and growing closer to God together with? Because if you just rely on this pastor, this staff, and the leadership of this church, then this thing will never be what God envisioned for it to be. This community will never be impacted the way that God desires for it to be impacted. The students will never have the influence that they could have had 
Because we're just telling them something that we're not showing them. I believe that it is God's will for this church to grow. Acts chapter 16, the Lord says, He added to their number daily. Acts chapter 6, the Bible says that when the people stopped looking to Peter to do all the work, and they elected some men to, to divvy out the food and to do ministry, not just watch the apostles do it, but when the people took the initiative to do the ministry, and they let the pastor dream and, and vision and implement what God laid on his heart. When people picked up the mantle and started doing ministry, Acts chapter 6 says the Lord didn't add to their number anymore. He multiplied it. It's God's will for our church to grow. Numbers matter to me. I say it unashamedly. I say it unashamedly. All you care about is numbers. Duh. I want to populate heaven. I want to plunder hell. I want people to get saved and filled with the Spirit. I want to see people being baptized. I want to see you baptizing people. I have a vision that's bigger than this building. I can't contain what God has placed in me. And you will not be able to either because God is calling you to know Him and to make Him known. Of course numbers matter to me. I have three kids. I don't have somewhere between two and five kids. I have three. <laughs> Their names are Gabriel, Emery, and Adeline. And if I'm in a store and I can't find one of them, we're stopping everything. It's so anointed I'm falling. <laughs> we're going to stop everything to find that one. When did the church stop being relentless after the one? When did the church become so settled with the message of the gospel that it started being satisfied with not seeing people saved on a weekly basis, on a daily basis in our heart and in our lives? Well, brother, Jesus just called us to be faithful. No, no, he did not just call us to be faithful. He called us to be fruitful. And fruitful is not just a life, but it is the effect of a life on everybody around them. That's fruitful. But Jesus said you would be known by your fruits. And for so long, we just thought that meant that we would live a really holy life. But that's not all there is to it. It's that we would affect those that live their lives around us. That we would share and show the gospel. Are you just interested in, in having a big church? Duh! Because the bigger, the more of an impact. Now, I get that as we grow bigger, we've got to become smaller, which is why we have a pastor whose heart is invested in small groups. And we have two leaders in Nidro and Rachel Darby who have taken that vision and they want to partner with that vision and make it happen. And we have small group leaders that understand that this is important to connect at a personal level. But of course I want a big church. This is a big community. 
And I love having 360 people here last Sunday. Great. There's 10,000 people in this town. We haven't brushed the surface of the people that God wants to minister to. Within 20 minutes, there's a quarter of a million people. I am not going to sit in my office on Monday morning and be satisfied with 360 when there's a quarter of a million people that need to hear, receive, know, and share in the gospel of Jesus Christ just can't do it. A church that is not seeing people saved is a church that is submitting to stagnancy. If we're not growing stronger, we are growing stagnant. And our calling is not just to be the church, to build the church. That's what Peter did. That's what Paul did. They didn't just live it their lives affected others. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 1, verse 16. Do not cease. I do not cease to give thanks for you. I make mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, can you hear that? The, the one that we actually like really believe in. God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the the Father of glory. I, I preached on the glory of God. That he may give to you the spirit of, of wisdom and revelation in the, look at that, the knowledge of him. Just to know Jesus. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. I'm not the only person in this building that's called. In fact, there's not a person in this building that's not called. I'm just going to go against the grain of the, the mentality of the Church of America. Watching Jonathan Edwards on, the, on this platform lead people to Jesus. Watching... Billy Graham and now and Franklin Graham and now and Stephen Furtick and all the people, Rich Wilkerson Jr. Great for those guys, but they're not the only people that are called to minister the gospel, to share their knowledge of Jesus Christ and impact those that are around them. This word knowledge, it's it's a the Greek word is called nosko. It just means to know. It's very simple. But the depths of this word are to know like Adam knew his wife. Man, that's weird. Now that's how Jesus, that's the intimacy that Jesus wants to have with you. He wants you to know him so well that it causes you to be fruitful. He wants you to know him so well that it causes you to populate heaven and plunder hell, to know the hope to which he has called you and the inheritance of his people, to know Jesus, make him known, watch, to meet people and grow close. Can you hear the heart of God? To meet people and grow closer to God together. We can't stop. We can't look back. I'm closing with this story. Pastor Chris Hodges is an incredible man. We, we're going to model, we model a lot of our systems 
or structures. Church of the Highlands, they, they make it just, it's too easy to, to facilitate the way that they do it and the way that they share it. And, but even more than the system or the structure is the, is the spirit behind it. It's like the heart behind the habits that causes things to happen. But Pastor Chris shares this story. He has four children and his, his I believe it's his youngest, has severe autism. He, he can't communicate. He can't speak. It's severe autism. It's, it's very difficult. And they have to give him extra attention and pay very close attention to him, even his brothers and sisters. But one day, they were at a, at a Starbucks and uh, they had left the Starbucks and, and gone around to another store. But I guess when they turned, Joseph is his name, didn't see them turn. So he came out and he was looking. But remember, he can't, he can't speak for himself. And so he just begins to, to wander and to look. And eventually the, the pastor and his wife, they realize that their son is missing. Listen, church, why did I say I want to have a big church? I want this church to grow. Because their son's missing. Like, I didn't just do this because there was nothing else that I could do. I did this because this is all I, I mean, this is like the essence of life and eternity. Nothing for me. Everything else I do goes into supporting this. There was a son missing. And so the father begins to look relentlessly for his son. He doesn't go, oh well, got the other three. Let's go home. Oh well, there was 360. We had to take the ropes down. Hallelujah, let's call it a victory. No, there's one missing. And he goes out and he's looking frantically for his son. And there's a security guard standing right there. And he's asking him, hey, have you seen a boy? He's got autism. His name's Joseph. He, he came out of the store and the guy just stands there. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I hadn't seen him. He's like, what do you mean? You're so, can you help me? Like he just on and on and on. And, and, and eventually he just got really irritated by his apathy. Like the fact that he wasn't doing anything because his son was missing and and he, sh he was there to help for situations like this. Listen, eventually they found his son. He hugged him and he held him and they, they all went home and the story ends well. But it doesn't end that way for everybody. And we're the security guards. The church, not just called to just be the church, but to build a church. Not to be satisfied with the, the three or the 360, but to, to be relentless after the one. Right where you are, if you would just bow your head, close your eyes today. Why did I share my heart about membership earlier? Because this, this moment that we have at the end of every service, it's, it's not so that we can get you to join the church so that we can get you to join Jesus. <laughs> we just want you to know Him. Can I ask you this question this morning? If you're sitting there, and 
you've been listening to this message and you, you don't know. You're like, man, I, I really don't know if I know him. I, I'm not sure. And you would like to be included in a prayer in a minute, whether it's for the first time or for the first time in a long time that you would give your heart back to Jesus or, or give your life to Jesus and, and receive the salvation that he has for you to know him. If you would be included in this prayer because you, you're not sure and you want to leave this place today and, and you want to be sure, you want to know, would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to be included in this prayer. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. I'm s- he does too. Anybody else? I just don't know. I, I want to know. I don't want to leave here wondering today. Just a few more seconds. Do you need to know? Do you want to know that you know him? Church, I want to ask you this. If you didn't raise your hand for that or if, if you just weren't quite ready and the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you, we need to help others know. And today, if you're like me and, and you're about to walk away or you have walked away from opportunities like I almost did yesterday, like I have many times before, but today you would like to recommit to not just knowing Jesus, but to helping others know Jesus. Would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, that's me, I need to do that. Thank you, thank you. All over the room, I see you. Thank you, I need to commit to that. Come on, let's stand together this morning. Let's pray this prayer together. And if you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, If you would pray this prayer with all of your heart, we believe that that's what will allow you to begin knowing Jesus, that you would receive his salvation, that you would be saved today, and you would begin the journey of accomplishing his will, which is to know him. Let's pray this prayer together. Would you pray with me, church? Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for me, that you rose from the dead. Today, I'm putting my faith in you. I want to know you. I want to help others know you. Forgive me for going my own way. For doing my own thing. Today, I want to recommit. Take my life. Make it yours. Save me. Change me into your image. I want to live for you. Help me to follow you with all of my heart from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, would you do me a huge favor and celebrate those that raised their hand and prayed that prayer for the very first or the very first time in a long time. We believe that Jesus heard that prayer and that you are now a part of the family of God that you just became a child of God or renewed your commitment to being a child of God. If you prayed that prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, would you please let us know? During this time, I'm going to pray a blessing over the congregation. But while I'm praying the blessing, you can receive it too. I just want to give you the opportunity to fill out that connect card. All you got to do is write your name, 
first name. You don't even have to write your last name if you don't want to. I would I really appreciate it. But we just want to know, I committed my life to Christ or I recommitted my life to Christ. And we want to see you. We want you to come to Next Steps today. We want you to follow that decision in water baptism. We want to get to know you. We want to help you make him known. We want to see you meet people and grow closer to God together. If you fill that card out, we'd be very grateful. Hey, if you're comfortable with it, would you just hold your hands out like I'm handing you a gift? We're going to pray and be dismissed for this morning. God, I love you, and I thank you for these people, their families, their loved ones. I pray that you would bless us and keep us, that your face would shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lord, I just pray that you would lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. Lord, I pray that we would leave this place today inspired to accomplish your will for our lives this week and that we would not be settled with not growing stronger in our relationship with you, but that you would anoint us to accomplish your will, to walk in your ways, that you would empower us with your spirit to know you and to make you known by being a witness to every person that you put in our path. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be dismissed today. Thank you for being